This is another sports podcast. Welcome to another damn episode of another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres here with Money Mike Gilchrist, and we are coming off of a great week seven slate of games. Uh, the Buffalo Bills ended up being victorious. The New York football giants ended up, were they victorious? Great is a point of view uh, in this aspect. <laughs> and it was not such a great week for the New York Giants, as it turns out. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's usually the case whenever they face the Philadelphia it was, it was It was four minutes and 46 seconds away from being a great night, or one catch by Evan Ingram from being a great week. But, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you can sense the frustration from Mike, and you can sense just the utter defeat in my voice as the Jacksonville Jaguars also lost another game against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. We're going to go through all three of those games in detail, and we shall start with the Buffalo Bills being victorious 18-10 to against the Jets in MetLife Stadium. This was an interesting one because it seemed like the Bills' offense decided to not show up in the red zone. Uh, they basically scored – or they did score all of their points off of field goals from Tyler Bass – um, but their defense allowed four yards in the second half, which is definitely impressive. Even if it is against the Jets, that's still a very impressive stat line. I mean, the only team to score a touchdown in this game was the New York Jets, who are universally known to every NFL fan, including Jet fans, as the worst team in the league this year. Uh, so I, it was actually kind of – it was telling the Bills struggled in a game against the New York Jets. I don't know. I, I, to me, if I'm a Bills fan, I don't walk away from that game going, raw, yeah, we won, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you beat the Jets, and he, all you could do is kick field goals. And he didn't even make them all. He missed some of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a, a couple other opportunities that he missed. Uh, surprisingly, from only the right hash, I feel like he's having an issue uh, with that spot on the field. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the red zone is an absolute concern uh, with the Bills coming off of this last game. Um, I don't know what it was. It was just, just a lack of execution. And I mean, obviously it's a, uh, a division game, so you're always expecting it to be a little bit closer than expected. Um, but whew, yeah, you're right. If you're a Bills fan, you're not really too happy about that when you're glad to get a win. As, as we always say, it's tough to get a win in the NFL. Uh, Josh Allen, he, he played okay. I mean, 30 for 43 for 307 yards, no touchdowns and no picks. Uh, he also added 61 yards on the ground. Um, Cole Beasley was the star of the show this time around, though. 11 catches for 112 yards. Um, so they're putting up the yards, but they just couldn't really punch it in. I mean, this was supposed to be a game for uh, like a bounce back game for the Bills because they just came off two straight losses. One humiliating loss uh, to the Tennessee Titans and then. Uh, you know, losing a closer game to Kansas City that really never felt like they had a, a a feel or flow in that game. Kansas City felt like they were in control the whole time. So this was supposed to be a game where the Bills kind of bounced back and really were like, okay, we're better than what we've been playing the last couple of weeks. Let's beat up on this really bad team. And they didn't do that. They actually struggled. They had red zone issues. Um, again, they got their stats, but again, it was against the Jets. Um, so, I mean, I still think that they have to prove themselves and we'll see how they do against the struggling New England team this week. I mean, New England looked terrible against San Francisco. Um, New England uh, got their butts kicked by a team that's been riddled with injuries. Um, and uh, it wasn't even really any close. Cam Newton, as you know, as a fantasy owner of Cam Newton, was horrible. 
absolutely horrible against San Francisco. Because, uh, I mean, they, they started off the season looking pretty good. It, you know, it was uh, – they, they, they won – uh, their first game against Miami. Then they played a really tight game in Seattle against the Seahawks, who have proven to be a very good team this year. Then they beat the Raiders, who have beaten the Chiefs. They beat the Bills. Um, then, you know, they lost pretty badly to Kansas City. But the score was actually a lot bigger than how the game was. The game was actually close for a while. They fought with Kansas City for most of that game. So is this going to be a cakewalk for the Bills this weekend against the Patriots? I don't think so. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, no, and the most frustrating thing is the fact that Cam Newton literally in the past two weeks has five interceptions to zero touchdowns. Um, he, he's uh, definitely struggling. Uh, but just to go back to your point about this be, uh, being a game where the Bills actually bounce back, I think, yes, the red zone woes were very concerning. Um, obviously, you want to score touchdowns. But the fact that they were able to stifle the Jets offense, obviously the Jets offense is terrible, but it, I think it was the perfect bounce back opportunity for the Bills defense, because I think that's been the bigger issue for the Buffalo Bills over the past few weeks is the Bills defense. I mean, they were, they were just absolutely getting shredded by teams that are obviously way better than the Jets, but just to give themselves that confidence going into uh, their game against the Patriots, it's huge uh, because if they were coming off of getting torched by the Chiefs, for all those rushing yards, um, I think it might be a different story in terms of the confidence of the Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, going back to what you said, the New England Patriots are looking horrible. Um, they lost uh, last week to the San Francisco 49ers, like you said, in very embarrassing fashion. Um, I don't know what the heck is going on with that offense. Like I, I feel like they have the pieces to at least be decent. You know, I, I don't understand how they could just put put up six points against a, a admittedly good 49ers defense. Um, but oof, it. Times are definitely different in New England, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, they had some momentum early on in the season, but then they caught uh, the case of COVID around the building, and I don't think they've been the same since. Um, Cam Newton, for one, really needs to figure out what's going on because um, he just he doesn't look good at all. Uh, and he did look good to start the year. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they're trying to use him differently or, or what, but um, it's, uh, it's something that they need, really need to focus on now and change now because – they're at a record of what two and four, and this is the first time New England has been under 500 at this point in the year since like 2001. So uh, they they're they're not even in second place in the division. They're in third, and the only reason they're not in fourth is because the Jets are terrible. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, definitely shocking. Uh, who do you think is going to win this matchup between the Bills and the Patriots in Orchard uh, I'm, Park? I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I, I am a harsh critic of the Bills so far this season, but I think this is another team that is struggling that they should be able to take advantage of to help boost up their confidence. I think the Bills' defense will continue Cam's frustrations, um, and I believe that uh, you know I don't. I actually don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. This to me feels like it's going to be like a maybe a 23-16 game because um, I think the Patriots defense will cause – I think Bill Belichick will cause uh, Josh Allen to make mistakes. will kind of tempt him, if you will. And uh, Josh Allen sometimes does bite on those temptations to make mistakes. So um, I'm going to go with the Bills 23-16 over the Pats in Buffalo with no Bills Mafia to support them. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I'm, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. And unfortunately, it really seems like even if the Bills do win this game, it's just not going to feel as good as Bills fans hoped coming into the season. Um, I, I, like, obviously, it's going to feel great. You guys – or not you guys. The, the Bills fans have been experiencing just horrible losses to the Patriots over the past couple of decades. And it's going to be great 
to feel uh, to get a W against this team. But I mean, the Patriots are just going to have so many like viable excuses going into this game at the end of the season that it's just going to be hard to be like, ha ha Patriots, you suck now. Like that they still have like so many excuses. I, I bet most of Bill's mafia will agree with me here. They probably don't agree with me most of the time when they listen to this podcast, but I think they'll agree with this point. I think that a victory against Tom Brady and Tampa Bay next year would feel like so much sweeter than beating the Patriots twice this year. That's what I think. I think more it's, it's, it's Tom Brady. That's more of the, the, the one that they really want to sink their teeth into and finally get, because he's the one who's like 33 and two against Buffalo. So (laughs) he's the, he's the guy they want to beat. Like, I, I think, I think they would trade beating Tom Brady once as a Buccaneer next year versus beating the Patriots this year. I don't know because the Patriots are bad. So it's, it's, it, you know, it's not going to feel as sweet as you said. Yeah, I agree. And uh, speaking of beating Tom Brady, how about the uh, Eli Manning's former team? Uh, it sounds like uh, they're kind of struggling a little bit. They had the win in their grasp. They were beating the Eagles late in the game. What was it? Six minutes left. And they were up by 11 points. I mean, they it had, it was less than that. It was four minutes and 46 seconds to go. <laughs> And the Giants had held the Eagles to 10 points for 55 fucking minutes in this game. And what happened? So the Giants gave up a touchdown incredibly quickly to, to the Eagles. I think they're, they're, that drive that they first scored on was less than two minutes. It was pathetic uh, for the Giants' defense. Um, and then the Eagles went for two and didn't get it. Um, so they had to score t- – because they were trying to get within at least a field goal so they could tie the game. Um, but they didn't get it, so they would have to score a touchdown again. Now, the Giants started running the ball, and they were getting first down after first down after first down. Um, and it was like, oh, wow, great. They're going to run out the clock. This is going to be fantastic. And they got to a third and eight. And I was like, okay, well, they got a few first downs, but now they have to at least pass it to get a first down. Daniel Jones has to make a play, and whoever he throws it to has to be able to catch the ball. And Ingram got in position. He got past his guy. Daniel Jones threw it right where he needed to throw it. And it went right through Ingram's fingers. And as a Giants fan, okay, when we play Philadelphia, this is how it normally goes. If we don't win, they either blow us out 30 to nothing, and it's embarrassing, or we're winning the entire game, and they take it at the very end of the game. And so when Ingram dropped that pass, I just looked at my TV because there was no one else there. It was just me. I'm like, we lost. I said it out loud in my apartment. like, we just lost. We just lost this game. I have to still watch it, but I have to watch. what I've seen this so many times. So many times. And it's why, as a Giants fan, I, you know, I hate the Dallas Cowboys and I hate the Eagles. But the reason I hate the Eagles more than I hate the Dallas Cowboys is because we've at least had moments where we've beaten Dallas in big games and big moments, and it's, it's been great. Um, but we always f- choke against Philadelphia. You know, we have, you know, the playoff game, Tiki Barber's last career game, it was a playoff game in 2006 in Philadelphia. They beat us. Uh, we have uh, the year we went 12 and four is the year after the Giants won the Super Bowl. Plexico Burris shot himself in the leg before the playoffs. We're the number one seed in the NFC. Eli Manning's best team he's ever played on. And we lose in the first round of the, that we, we had a vibe. Then we lost in the division round at home to Philadelphia. Uh, there's the Deshaun Jackson game. Everyone knows about that one. We're winning the whole game. They scored 21 points or 28 points in the fourth quarter and win the game. I hate the Eagles. <laughs> I can't, I've never been more angry after a football game um in my entire life I don't think because the the Sean Jackson game comes to mind but I was actually more sad than angry this game I was absolutely angry because we had it in the bag and we're a terrible team and so are the Eagles I mean 
I was texting Chris throughout this game, like, wow, both of these teams are really bad and really awful. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that every team in our division is awful. So this game was monumental for our chances to possibly win the division. And I still want to win, you know? Oh, man. I mean, to be fair, though, it's better for you guys to lose that game. In the long run, it is better for you guys to lose that game because, as we've been talking about for weeks, it, the Giants need to look towards the future. They're not going to win anything this year. Even if you guys somehow backed into the playoffs, how does that help you for the future? You guys are just going to get destroyed in the first round, and then you're just going to be back to square one. You don't think the Giants stand a chance against a team like the Rams or the Packers or the Saints or the Seahawks? Yes, Mike. (laughs) I definitely do. I I, I think the biggest issue, though, is that, I mean, mean, obviously the, the Giants have a lot of issues, but Daniel Jones just seems to not be putting up impressive numbers by any margin like it looks like he's thrown for under well under 200 yards more than he has in this season um he's five touchdowns to seven picks I, I yeah I mean I don't know you've watched him every single week like why does he like what is he doing wrong he well he doesn't have a lot of protection I mean I'll give him that break but at the same time um he's somebody that likes to he holds on to the ball longer than he should and he turns the ball over that's the biggest thing he turns the ball over. Like he'll hold on to the ball longer, just trying to look to make a play, and he'll fumble the ball or he'll throw a bad pick. Um, and he 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 also stays laser focused on one target. Like he looks at his number one read and he fo- fixates on that every almost every single play. And that's something he can't continue to be doing if he wants to stay an NFL starter. Like it's just not going to work. And I I, I think we would be doing a disservice if we didn't mention Daniel Jones's epic run. Uh, yeah, you know, this basically sums up Daniel Jones's you know <laughs> season and the Giant season. He opens up this 80-yard run, longest run by an, a New York Giant uh, quarterback in the in the history of the New York Giants, and he runs so hard, and it's the fastest ca- uh, counted run, calculated run by any quarterback this season, faster than Lamar Jackson, and he runs so hard he falls over, and he doesn't get the touchdown. There's no one around him. <laughs> Yeah, like, ghost I, I, I was like, he, the only way he gets bailed out of this is if they score, and it still didn't bail him out of it because everyone still made fun of him anyway. Oh, <laughs> well, of course. I mean, that was the perfect uh, opportunity for people to make memes. You know, there was a bunch of memes with WWE superstars performing their finishing move on, on him while he's yeah. falling. It was hilarious. My uncle texted me, and he said, I saw the Giant players, the, because the Giants hadn't scored at this point. The Giants players on the sideline were laughing. And he goes, you wouldn't <laughs> see that on a Bill Belichick team. They wouldn't be laughing. And I'm like, I know, but how do you not laugh at that? <laughs> it's just so pathetic. I, I think even uh, people like Bill Belichick would be laughing, but there would definitely be people on the Patriots who would just be like chuckling to themselves. Because how can you not laugh at that? It, especially with, with Joe Buck's call of it. And he trips. Like it, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was perfect. It was the perfect uh, scene of just bad luck for the New York Giants. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they uh, – they have an opportunity to beat Tom Brady again on Monday Night Football, and they certainly will not do it because they're going to get their butts kicked. Tom Brady's going to have a very fun revenge game against the Giants with his new toys in Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown just joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and will be strapping it up at MetLife Stadium. Um, and Tom Brady's been playing phenomenal right now, and the Buccaneers defense has been playing phenomenal right now. I, again, they're clicking more and more each week, and I predict they beat the Giants, I don't know, 45 to 10 on Monday Night Football. Like, it's going to be a disaster. The Giants are probably going to turn over three or four times. Um, I mean, because Tampa Bay is, let's see here. 
They're top six in turnover ratio, which means they barely turn the ball over and they get a lot of takeaways. So Daniel Jones will probably throw one or two pick sixes. He'll probably fumble a couple times. One or two uh, pick sixes? Jeez. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady will throw about four touchdowns. And uh, Tampa Bay will just walk away with us pretty easily. What yeah. Yeah, I, I, I believe the same. Uh, the Buccaneers are obviously going to beat the Giants on Monday Night Football. It's just nuts that th- this is the the Monday Night Football primetime game. Like, obviously, before the season, like, they they make these decisions for before the season, and they can't flex them. But there's just so many other more interesting games to put in primetime. But, get... but you know what it is? It's Tom Brady in New York. Yeah. No, That's exactly. What it is. Right. And the Giants are a big market. It makes sense. But, like, you got the Steelers versus the Ravens. That's probably the game of the week. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I can't believe that. I cannot believe that the Steelers and the Ravens, which is a game that outside of being a fan of the Giants, like games that I look forward to each year are hot division matchups, but the Steelers and the Ravens game is always an entertaining game. And I look forward to watching that game twice a year. And I can't watch it because I live in New York and it's being blacked out by the Buffalo Bills playing on CBS. It's like, are you kidding me? Move the Sunday night game from the Eagles and the Cowboys, who are both pathetic, to – because you can it's one thing the Monday night football games are hard to switch up uh, but you can switch the Sunday games they did it this week I mean they switched it was supposed to be Tampa Bay versus the Raiders uh, and they moved it because it was like oh we've got Arizona versus Seattle this is gonna be a much more epic game which it was that was probably one of the best games we've seen all year why wouldn't you move the Ravens and Steelers one's five and one one six and oh battle for first place for a game that's battle for first place but one's two four and one the other one's one and six it makes no sense another two and five but who cares? They suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, money, Mike, you have the nickname and you're supposed to be a true football fan. Why don't you just buy NFL Sunday tickets so you can watch the damn game? You cheap bastard. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I still have your password to it. So I guess I can use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're just going to kick me off. Well, to be fair, I, this is actually the perfect segue. The Jaguars are not playing this week uh, because they uh, are on by. So this is the one week I can be happy to be a Jaguars fan because they are guaranteed not to lose. Um, well, I mean, they might make some kind of move or, or trade that will just piss you off, and that, that'll be taken as a loss in some way. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if they still keep the, the coaching staff on board, then I guess that's still a loss at the end of the <laughs> week. But uh, um, You know who I think they should bring in? I think they should fire Doug Marone, and they should hire Tom Coughlin as head coach. <laughs> just open up that can of worms again. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. Um, but the Jaguars are coming off of a loss, 39-29. to 29. Uh, this was actually a very fun game to watch, uh, which is not what you would expect for a Jacksonville Jaguars game. But there was 35 points scored in the third quarter of this game. Um, the Jaguars scored off of a blocked punt. Uh, the offense actually looked very good. Uh, James Robinson is continuing to be a star. He went 22. Uh, he had 22 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Uh, right. Minshew, he looked okay. I mean, he had 173 yards and two touchdowns. So. Uh, the decent showing overall for the Jaguars offense. Like, honestly, you can't really ask for much more, but uh, the defense is just trash. Like Justin Herbert had himself a game, 347 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Keenan Allen for 125 yards off of 10 catches. Man is a reception machine. Uh, the Chargers, they're a lot better than people think. Like they definitely are one of the better two and four teams we've ever seen, just because Justin Herbert is turning out to be the real deal. He has been so much fun to watch. And this was his first career game because the other one the Chargers had this season was when Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback. So this is Herbert's first win. But he's been in, they've been in so many games this year. I mean, he, as a stat line, he's uh, 12 touchdowns to three interceptions. His QBR is 74.4. Uh, 
and he's thrown over 1,500 yards already uh, in his first few games. And, like, really, if you look at the Chargers' schedule, the way that they've been like, – the games that they've played in, they were – they should have beat the Saints. In, they should have beat the Saints uh, on that Monday night game. Uh, they were really beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they just gave the momentum away, um, which was really the defense more so than, than Herbert. Um, and they battled it out with arguably the best team in the league in Kansas City. I mean, so, I mean, imagine if one thing cha- – and, and they also were in a close game against the, the Carolina Panthers too. I mean, so they just were getting closer and closer and closer, but they kept not being able to close the deal. Um, imagine had they won two of those games. They'd be four and two right now and in the playoff hunt. I mean, this is a Chargers team that I think can start to really start a role here because they play Denver and then they play the Raiders and then they play Miami and then they play the Jets. They can win all four of those games and then all of a sudden they're six and four and they are a team that we're talking about possibly getting a wild card spot because now I think they're having is it, this is the first year they're doing seven teams in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So I mean the Chargers are a relevant team right now. They're probably the most relevant two and four team other than the who's going to win the NFC East, and they're only relevant because they could have a chance to win the division, um, that's out there. I mean, they really are. And I, I think Herbert was somebody who was highly criticized out of all the quarterbacks that were in the draft. Um, people were like, oh, I don't think he's going to be that good. Like, people are overhyping him. He's not going to be that good. No, he's that good. I think he's that good. Um, and honestly, he's so, in some ways looked a little bit more impressive than Joe Burrow. Now, to be granted, Joe Burrow's on a much worse team, but – I've been impressed. I, that's all I'll say. I've been very impressed. And I actually, I'm rooting for the Chargers to do well because I, I'm rooting for him in general. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, though, the Jaguars actually had this game in their grasp. If they just, if Doug Marone wasn't stupid and went for it when we had a lead, went for it on fourth down on our own 40 yard line. Like, that's like one of the dumbest things you could ever do. But how dare you insult a sacred Syracuse football coach? <laughs> yeah. It was the, the Jaguars were had a solid chance to win this game. So if the Jaguars ended up winning this, this our like our tone would be totally different on the chargers. And that's just how the NFL works. Like if you get like, it's all about wins and losses. It doesn't matter how you play, how you look, as long as you get that W that's all that matters. But for now, the Chargers are for real. Um, like, like I said, we don't have to pick the, uh, the Jaguars this week because they are not, uh, playing due to being on a bye. So we are going to move on to a very exciting segment that Mike and I have been looking forward to go over, and that is our top 10 NFL power rankings at this point in the season. It has been an incredible year uh, in terms of just uh, high, high-powered high offenses, uh, putting up a lot of points on the board. I feel like overs were hitting constantly early on in the season, uh, which is made for some very exciting football. And we wanted to go through and list our top 10 uh, starting – do you want to start with number one or number 10, Mike? What do you, how Let's do you count down. Let's go from 10 down to one. All right. Sounds good. So uh, money, Mike, why don't you start first? Who do you have as the 10th best team in the NFL? Well, they're, they're a team that I think would be doing a lot better had they not been hit with the injury bug. Um, but they have been playing some pretty good football regardless of that. And I think as the season goes on, they are going to continue to have a next man up mentality and piece it together. I'm going with the team that lost in the Super Bowl this earlier this year, the San Francisco 49ers. They um, get my number number 10 spot um, simply because, you know, they're in the top uh, top five for defense this year. Um, and they're also a team that's been able to really make some moves offensively as well. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, they looked fantastic against the Patriots. Their defense was smothering against Cam Newton. Um, I feel like the San Francisco 49ers would be a heck of a lot higher on the list had they had 100% health and or even 
90 or 80% health. You know, they've really been hit hard in some key places. So uh, that's why I went with that number 10, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair uh, ranking for the 49ers. This spot was so tough because, because there are a few teams that you kind of juggle with and I know this is going to both surprise you. Well, not surprise you, but you're going to definitely disagree. And some fans of this team might disagree as they are listening. Um, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, the number 10 team uh, in the NFL. Um, If we were talking about the Buffalo Bills of the first few weeks, putting up these insane numbers and Josh Allen playing out of his mind, they might be even higher. But for now, I still believe in this team. I still think the Buffalo Bills have one of the top uh, uh, trios of receivers in the NFL uh, with Josh Allen, John Brown, and uh, or not Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, and Cole Beasley. Um, Josh Allen, obviously, we've seen when he is playing well and when he is not uh, making those uh, mistakes, uh, he can be an elite quarterback, MVP caliber quarterback from what we were seeing early in the season. Um, so I, I, I know you were really harping on the Bills for how they did against the Jets. I get that. The offense was stagnant in the red zone. But that's not going to happen all the time. They just had a bad game. And that's how the NFL is. Like there, there are some games you're just not going to be able to find the end zone, but you're still going to, as long as you still consistently get in position to get there, then your team looks better uh, going forward. Um, the defense, like I said, got some uh, confidence after holding the Jets to four yards in the second half and holding them to 10 points. Um, these next few games are going to be very telling though, because the bills have, I would say the toughest schedule in the NFL over the next few weeks. Um, it's going to be very telling. Yeah, especially after the Patriots game, they play against the Seahawks. They still have the 49ers to play. Uh, they have to play against the Cardinals. So it, right now, it's kind of hard to tell where the Bills are. We will know in a few yes. weeks. And I'm going to go on record here. If For those of you that are listening that are Bills fans and said, why did Mike put the 49ers on his list? Because I'll tell you right now, the Bills are not on my list for the top 10. And they're criticizing this move. Let's see how you do against San Francisco. If you win, I will say I was wrong, but I'm not wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, because look at this. After the Patriots, they had the Seahawks, Cardinals, Chargers, 49ers, Steelers. They could easily lose all of those games, and then the Bills just fall down the power ranking list. But if they end up w- winning three out of those five, if they end up winning four, then it catapults them up. They're in a very telling spot for their yep. schedule this year. Yep. I agree. Um, so moving on to number nine, who do you have, Mike? I have the team that just won in one of the most exciting games we've seen all season, uh, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they're number two in overall offense this year. They are, I mean, they're playing outstanding football. They just blew out the Cowboys on Monday Night Football, which was so much fun to watch. Uh, and then they won, uh, let's see, I'm going to count right here. One, two, uh, and three of their five wins are one-score games. So they're finding ways to win in close games. That's huge in the NFL. Uh, that, that really makes a difference of if you're in the playoffs or if you're not. Uh, and then they have a couple of blowout wins where they, you know, blew out the Jets and they blew out the Washington football team. Obviously, you're going to not have uh, – you know, they beat who they needed to beat easily. And then they won close games against division rivals like the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the Seattle Seahawks had many chances in this game to win that game, and, and the Cardinals made some key mistakes, like Russell Wilson throwing an interception, and then on the very next play, Kyler Murray overthrows his target, and they uh, have a turnover as well. 
um, and missing field goals at the end to, you know, win the game in regulation. But they found a way to win, and they won in a tight division game against a very, very good team. Um, they just have a few blemishes on their schedule. Like, you know, they lost to the Panthers by 10. Um, and uh, – uh, They lost to the Lions as well. They lost to yeah. the Lions as well. So, you know, but the Lions – you know, that, that's – the Lions aren't terrible. It's just it's you know they haven't. They're the the Lions. The difference between the Lions and the Cardinals is of the close games the Lions have been, and they found ways to lose those games for most of the season. And the Cardinals have found ways to win. Um, but that's why they're only ninth on the list. They're not all the way up in the top five. So I went with uh, the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals were probably the toughest team for me to gauge this week because, like you said, the Seahawks shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, and the thing is, you're not going to expect Russell Wilson to throw three picks in every game. So the, the Cardinals, I, I left them out of my top 10. I think I would have, I would put them at 11. I think the Bills can beat this team. I think the Bills can beat the Cardinals. All they have to do, like basically to beat the Cardinals, you just need to contain Kyler Murray from running. Because he's not, he's not an amazing pocket passer. From what I've seen from him, he isn't just going to stand in the pocket and shred you with his arm. He, but he is such a great runner. Um, yeah. So I need to see just a little bit more from the Cardinals to put them in my top 10, but they're very close. Um, my number nine pick is the 49ers. You, you already went over how, how good the 49ers are and what they've done. Uh, I, I feel like the biggest issue with this team is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but Kyle Shanahan does everything in his power to make sure that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the most important part of the offense. I mean, he, he has the man just throw a little dump offs. He, his uh, air yardage is definitely low among all the starting quarterbacks in the league. Um, yep. They rely on their run game and they rely on solid defense. And I think it's going to work for them coming down the stretch, coming down the stretch. And I think they'll end up making the playoffs. Um, so I'm having the San Francisco 49ers at number nine. Awesome. Um, at number eight, I have Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers. Um, green Bay is a team that's, um, you know, they're in the top 10 in, in uh, offense, but they don't play a lick of defense, but they've really looked – I mean, Aaron Rodgers, for the most part of the season, other than the game against Tampa Bay, has looked like the Aaron Rodgers of old when he was winning uh, – you know, when he won the Super Bowl and then the following year when, you know, they went 15-1 and one, uh, and lost to the Giants. Um, but <laughs> they just looked a lot better overall um, than they did last year. Um, and, you know, the Green Bay probably record-wise, you would think they'd be higher on the list, but the reason they're not is because I feel like they're going to be tested against – um, teams that play really, really tough football, like a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers basically beat them up. I think when they play a team like the San Francisco 49ers, um, they're going to get beaten up like they did last year. I mean, San Francisco basically owned Green Bay. They beat them in the regular season and then beat them in the NFC Championship game with ease. Um, so I do think right now Green Bay would beat San Francisco because of San Francisco's injuries. And I also think they'd beat the Arizona Cardinals because I think that um, – Ultimately, I feel like the Packers would be able to outshoot them because um, that would be what that game would be. Um, but I also don't think that the Green Bay Packers could beat the other seven teams on my list. Um, so that's why I put them at number eight. Okay. Uh, the Packers are definitely on my list, but they are not uh, this low. At number eight, I have the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the New Orleans Saints have been an interesting team this year because Drew Brees hasn't looked like the Drew Brees of old. I mean, obviously, as the man is one of the – if not the oldest starting quarterback in the league, I believe he is. If not, it's Tom Brady. I think actually, I think it's Tom Brady's, Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady's older than Drew yeah. Brees. But anyway, Drew Brees is one of, the, one of the oldest quarterbacks in the league. And you can obviously see that it's uh, affecting his arm strength. Uh, Much but, more than Tom Brady. What's that? 
You see his age much more than you see it in Tom Brady. Yes, exactly. And But I do think this Saints offense is still viable, especially once Michael Thomas finally comes back, whenever that happens. Uh, Alvin Kamara obviously is proving week after week that he is one of the best running backs in the league. Um, now, my tune on the Saints might be different. Uh, they've been in some close games uh, this year. They should have lost to the Chargers on Monday night. Uh, mm-hmm. which would have definitely changed our um, our thoughts on them. The Panthers almost won this past week, uh, but then they almost beat the Packers. So it's uh, it's tough to just go off of who beats who and who loses to who with the NFL. Sure. So, well, yeah. Good. No, I was going to say, the thing with the – I actually don't have the Saints on my top ten list because I don't think Drew Brees has looked as good. I don't think their offense has been as impressive as it's been in years past. Um, I mean, because they're not even – think about this. The New Orleans Saints have always been one of the top-tier offensive teams in the league. They're not even in the top ten this year for total offense. Um, and so – and, and they, there are so many games this year where they've, they've found a ways to win, which is impressive. But there are games where they really, it really could have gone the other way, and they really didn't look good in a lot of those games. It's just they have to make the right plays and get, get some – you know, get the bounces – they had the bounces that went their way, right? Um, so to me, it's like, I don't think that New Orleans is going to stack up. Like they beat Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay didn't know themselves at all in the first week of the season, but I don't think they could beat Tampa Bay again. Um, I don't think that they could beat uh, Seattle. I don't think they could beat Green Bay, which, I mean, uh, Green Bay already beat them once. And I think they'd have a tough time against teams like the Rams and the 49ers. So I don't think that they really stack up this year in the NFC like they have in years past. Yeah, and I agree that they don't stack up like they have in years past, but that's why I have them at number eight. Um, I, I still think they're going to get better as the season progresses, especially once they get their top target and Michael Thomas back, because then it might make Drew Brees seem like the Drew Brees of old, because he finally has his good t- or his best target to uh, help him out. But I am well, going to stick. Uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say I hope you're right about that because I I, I love Drew Brees. He's probably my one of my favorite quarterbacks uh, that I've ever seen play in my lifetime as a football fan. And I feel like I I, I want him to have more than just one ring because I feel like he's his talent level and his you know he deserves to have more than just one Lombardi Trophy. Um, you know, he deserves to be up there with, with quarterbacks like John Elway, like, uh, like, you know, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, uh, Eli Manning, those great quarterbacks that are (laughs) (laughs) always got to throw Eli in there. Um, who do you have at number seven? Uh, I have the Los Angeles Rams at number seven because the Rams have been a team that, you know, they're in the top 10 for offense. They're also in the top 10 for defense. Um, and they've won a lot of games like, you know, that, they had to fight to win. So they're proving that they can win games. I mean, they beat Dallas early on in the season when Dallas actually was at full strength. Um, uh, they beat the Eagles pretty convincingly, you know, bad team. So they took care of business. Uh, they beat up on the New York giants really. I mean, it's the 17 to nine, but really they had control of that game the whole time. Um, they beat the crap out of Washington, but you know, they also, um, you know, they, they, beat the Bears pretty convincingly the other night. You know, the 49ers beat them, but the 49ers are a good team. Um, that's why they're in the top 10 on both of our lists. Um, but I feel like the Rams should have one more win. I feel like they should have beat the Bills. They got a bad call called against them, and they should have won that game. Um, so I feel like the Rams have really proven to be back to getting closer to what they were a couple of years ago. They had a down year last year. I feel like they're getting even better. And – We'll see how they do. They're in a very tough division. I mean, all four of the teams in their division are really good football teams. So that's why I put them. I put them higher than – even though San Francisco beat them head-to-head, like you said, we can't just go based on playing head-to-head. I feel like overall 
the Rams have had a bit of a stronger schedule than the 49ers, and I, that's why I put them ahead of the 49ers. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the Rams were also – I mean, it's just this entire NFC West. It's so hard to gauge uh, how good these teams are in comparison to the rest of the NFL because they're all, they all seem like they're very good. Um, I actually left the Rams out of my uh, top ten as well. Um, for some reason, I am just not feeling the Rams as much as I uh, have in years past. I don't know why. To be honest, it might just be the fact that they're um, – I guess their running game has been pretty decent, though. Maybe I made a mistake not including them on the top ten. It's just because uh. their uniforms are ugly, isn't it? <laughs> that might be it. But uh, speaking of uh, ugly teams, number seven on my list is the Tennessee Titans. Um, seven? Wow. <laughs> this, might, this might be a little biased. Uh, I don't think it is. But – I just believe that all of the teams above the Titans that I have ranked on this list, list can beat them. Um, it's obvious that I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The Tennessee Titans are a good team. I mean, they have one of the best running games in the league, led by Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill has been playing out of his mind. Their receiving core is great. Their defense has a little to be desired. I, I feel like teams are able to put up points against the Tennessee Titans. Um, they, they almost lost to the Texans. They almost lost to the Jags in Week 2. So they have had some bad weeks where, where they have looked um, not as great as people are saying. So that, that, <laughs> that is why I have them at number seven. Okay. Well, I will say this. Uh, Tennessee is a little bit farther up on my list uh, than they are on yours, uh, and I'll get to that. Um, but I, They almost uh, lost to the Vikings, too. So, like, some of their they wins. Were one, they were one field goal away from – from being undefeated really because they would have t- they had all that momentum in that game and had they gone to overtime they would have won that game uh but they missed a field goal with a bill belichick cast off um and <laughs> even ben roethlisberger was like he missed it really great <laughs> we we won they only beat the broncos by two i mean all of their games have been super close if a couple things went differently and the tune about the titans would be completely different they know how to win that's true they, they beat the crap out of Buffalo. Yeah, they, that, that was probably their, their best showing of the year. It was definitely against uh, the Bills. Um, but basically every other game has been within one score, which is pretty yeah. nuts. Yeah, so it's uh, the Titans have been on the right side of close games all year. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, they're still higher than even my number six team. Uh, my number six team is the team that lost on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks I have at number six. Um, they're the number one passing team. They're the number one offense in the league right now, uh, but they can't play any defense at all. Like their defense is not very good. Um, and they looked exhausted against Arizona and the Cardinals uh, on Sunday night. So it's just, uh, that's why I don't have them uh, higher than, uh, that's why they didn't make my top five. They're uh, top six in turnover ratio. They are number one offensively. Russell Wilson is, my, in my opinion, even though he threw three interceptions in this past game, he's still the number one candidate for MVP right now. Um, you know, let Russ cook. I love Russell Wilson. But I feel like against these the teams that I have ahead of, of them, I feel like they're still lacking. And I think that Pete Carroll is going to be able to coach them up to figure out the defense because that is his specialty and that is what Seattle has been known for. Um, but, you know, what's weird is that the, the Seattle Seahawks are kind of like the New England Patriots in this regard, when Tom Brady first came to New England, they were a defensive-minded team. They won those Super Bowls because of how great their defense was. And then they kind of morphed, and their defense kind of went down a little bit, and it became more offense that was carrying the Patriots. 
that's kind of what's happened in Seattle. When they first emerged as a superpower um, with the Legion of Boom, they were this defensive team that could do basically anything to anybody. And their offense was kind of like, meh, you know, whatever. Uh, now it's their offense is carrying the load, and their defense can't really get the stops when they need them to. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have the Seahawks a lot higher. Um, I find it funny. You must really just not be into the NFC this year, huh? All of your, all of your top five, all your top teams are going to be mostly AFC teams, huh? Uh, of my top five, four are the AFC. Now, yeah. as a conference as a whole, the NFC is, uh, NFC is a little bit stronger. Uh, but then again, this year, the NFC does carry the, the anchor that is the NFC least. So, um, really, it, it, it's more of um, no. I, I think the top four teams in the AFC this year um, are four of my five. There's one NFC team in there, um, but they're just they're so strong. I feel like they're going to beat whoever they face in the Super Bowl. I really do. I feel like one, if one of these four teams in the AFC makes the Super Bowl, they're probably going to win it. I think. All right, that's fair. That is totally fair. Um, mine's a little bit more spread out, you know. Because I do think that the AFC has a lot of weaker teams that uh, some of these top-tiered uh, AFC teams just get to feast on and build up their stats and become one of the top teams in both offense and defense. So I, I try to, to kind of spread the love a little bit. At number six, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Um, the way I looked at, at it was this. I will take Aaron Rodgers, the trio of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams over most other trios in the NFL. The, the Packers have an amazing offense. Um, their defense, like you said, they don't play a lick of defense. They're an okay de- defensive team, right? Do you, do you have the defensive rankings in front of you? Because I, I don't. Uh, I did earlier. Hold on. Let me minimize my screen here. Um, well, yeah. for complete leaders on defense, Green Bay is one, two, 11th they're 11th on the yeah. list for total defense um so that, that that's a solid ranking right there so i i think this packers team it, I, I feel like our view of the packers was tainted after that horrible loss to the bucks but rogers isn't going to throw that many picks he isn't going to make that many uh, mistakes that often you know yeah i feel like it was more of a fluky game um so I, I think the Packers offense is just that good that I think they deserve to at least be number six in the NFL, in my opinion. Okay. That's fair. Who do you have at number five? Your favorite team, the Tennessee Titans. Um, the Tennessee Titans, I think, you know, they are a, a, a momentary lapse away from being, um, you know, undefeated this year. And, They've really, really looked impressive rushing the, the ball. They, in total offense, they are their top five. They're the number one team in turnover ratio this year. Um, in terms of rushing offense, they are, again, top four. Ryan Tannehill has them high ranked in the passing game as well. Um, and, you know, Tennessee to me defensively has, you know, they, they have their holes. And that's why they've allowed certain teams to get in, especially Houston, Minnesota. Um, you know, definitely the defense needs to improve, but they have a defensive-minded coach that I think that's going to get them where they need to be. But the Tennessee Titans have really carried that momentum they had at the end of last season and brought it towards this season, and they're going to win their division pretty – I mean, they've got to battle it out with the Colts, but right now the Titans should definitely be the favorite to win the AFC South, um, which is a shocker because everyone really thought it was going to be the Jags. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> Literally the worst roster in the NFL, the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars, easily. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel here's, – here's why I would rank them higher than a team like the Seattle Seahawks. If Tennessee played Seattle, right, I feel like both the defenses have their, their holes where each team would be able to score – but Tennessee has a much stronger running game than the Seattle Seahawks. So I feel like the Tennessee Titans would be able to control the clock and control the game a little bit better than Seattle would be able to more, they'd be more equipped to do that than Seattle would to them. And that's why I put them over, over them. So uh, to me, the Tennessee Titans are, they're not they're, they're, of my ranking. They're top five in the NFL, but they're fourth in the AFC. I, I think the top three teams in the AFC are still better than them. So that's where I went with Tennessee where I put them because they really showed some fight against Pittsburgh. They were down 24 to seven and they came all the way back and really should have had a chance to win in overtime. If not for that missed field goal by Gustowski. Okay. Um, Mike is big on the Titans. It's just, I love it. I love it because I know how much it eats at you. <laughs> <laughs> that is disappointing. Speaking of disappointing uh, at the number five spot, I am going to be, putting Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number five. Um, I understand that everybody's all big on the Bucs because they destroyed the Packers and they, they took care of business last week as well. And they're starting to finally click after uh, the adjustment period from their early in the season. But they also the Bears. So you can't – I can't say that they are the best team in the NFC yet. I need to see a little bit more. <laughs> and honestly – Tom Brady hasn't looked like a world beater this year. Like he's looked good. Adding Antonio Brown is a big story though. He is on pace to statistically have one of his better years. Yeah, but he's looked pretty rough over the past few, few years. I feel like in terms of stats. Well, he's 40 years old. You know, that's the thing about (laughs) Tom Brady. He gets either, he, he, he gets the benefit of the doubt no matter what, either he's going to be great or if he's not so great, it's like, well, he's, he's, you know, he's 42. (laughs) (laughs) He, I th- he can't be Tom Brady's bad. It, it won't, it just won't come to that. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, but I, I think the most telling thing about the Bucks is when Antonio Brown finally uh, joins the team. Uh, if he is the Antonio Brown of old, then that might catapult this Buccaneers team to easily being the best team of the NFC. But for right yeah. now, I still see that team that also lost to the bears as much as I see the team that destroyed the Packers. So I just need to see a little bit more before I put the Bucks more than five on my list. All right, all right. Drew needs to see a little bit more to to up the Bucks in his rankings. But the Bucks, are, since we're on the Bucks, they are my team that's uh, number four on my list. Okay. Um, so I I don't have them number one or number two, uh, but I I have been very impressed with Tom Brady the last two weeks, um, and I have I, I think they're just clicking and clicking and clicking. Now Antonio Brown coming in the mix can do one of two things. It's either going to make them that much better uh, and that much more lethal as an offense, or he's going to be a problem. And you know. F up the chemistry between – I mean, he already doesn't have that great of a chemistry yet with Evans um, because Tom Brady doesn't really throw a deep ball down the field, and that's really Mike Evans' specialty is to be a deep threat. Um, so they really haven't connected that much, which really sucks for me personally because I have them both on my fantasy, and I always get points from Tom, but I haven't really gotten much from Evans. So with Antonio Brown added to the mix, we know Antonio Brown wants to be fed the ball. Um, I mean, I think for the first few weeks he's going to be just thankful to have a job and I know that he only wanted to play with Tom Brady. I feel like Tom Brady's going to keep – it sounds so terrible to say, but he's probably going to tame him and keep him under control. Uh, <laughs> but oh we'll, we'll, see. we'll have to see. I mean, Bruce Arians did not have a good relationship with Antonio Brown when, he was, when they were in Pittsburgh together. Um, and if Antonio Brown shows a, a, a lick of bad attitude, he's out. 
Yeah, that's probably true. It's been really impressive. So that's why I have them so high. So right now you're saying that you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making the Super Bowl. That is what you're saying right now. Well, they're top three in defense and the offense has been looking spectacular. Uh, so yeah, I mean, right now, if it, right now, I feel like Tampa Bay in the playoffs can beat Green Bay. I feel like they can beat Seattle. I feel like they can beat New Orleans. I feel like they can beat San Francisco. And I feel like they can beat Arizona. Um, and I certainly think that they can beat whoever comes out of the NFC least. So, okay. so that's why I have them. So, I mean, right now, again, this is about right now. And right now, I think that they can. I think the game against the Bears was just, you know, hey, everybody forgets what down it is sometimes. And they had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. I just need to see a little bit more. Just All a right. tiny bit. All right, who do you have at number four? <laughs> um, so at number four, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Woo! Yeah. Um, the Ravens have one of the best defenses in the league, uh, which obviously is a big part of their game. And if they can get up big quick, and if Lamar Jackson can put up points quick, then the Ravens are the best. I feel like they are the best team in the NFL suited to play with a lead. Um, the issue is if one of these high-powered offenses, like the Chiefs, like the Seahawks, yeah. like the Steelers, if they put up a lot of points early, Lamar Jackson isn't the type of guy to bring you back. So that puts a lot of pressure to perform well early in the game. And I think yeah. that is the only reason why I put them lower than some of the other teams in my top ten. Yeah, I, no, I, I definitely see that flaw in Baltimore. Um, and they really have had a pretty cushy schedule so far. Um, you know, but the thing is that they've won those games. They've, they've won those easy games and they've won them convincingly. Um, they're the number one rushing team in the league. They're, number, uh, they're in the top 10 for defense. They're not all the way at the top of the list, but they are in the top 10. And they're number one in special teams. Um, and they're number three in turnover ratio this year. Um, so right now I think that the Ravens are a team that is, uh, I, I think they're, they're worthy of being in, in each of our top fives, which they are. You have them a little bit lower than I do. Uh, and we'll get to that. Um, but I can understand why I, I understand that concern with the Ravens. If they fall behind early, what are they going to do? And they're really going to, we're really going to see it's a test for them this week against Pittsburgh because they've had a pretty easy schedule so far. Let's see how they do against a really good team in Pittsburgh, which has a great defensive team, and Big Ben has been able to play really well this year. Let's see what happens. I think the the big thing, too, when you see a team like this that has a very cushy schedule is you kind of got to throw out the stats because they've been thrown just like the easiest challenges that you could possibly be given. So you have to kind of just look at what do they have. They have, like I said, one of the best defenses, one of the best rushing attacks, but a quarterback that doesn't that doesn't light up the stat sheet in terms of throwing, and it, it's kind of hard for them to score quick. So that was why I put them at number four. Yeah, and they lost, you know, to Kansas City. Um, that their one loss was to the one. I, I think that's Kansas City might be the only team they played this year with a winning record. Um, and Kansas City, you know, was able to you know beat Baltimore pretty easily. Uh, the Browns. The Browns actually have a great record, five and two. Yeah, but they're Cleveland. <laughs> Very true. The, no one, no one cares about them, even if they're five and two. So you're saying they're not your number three team? They're not. They're not. They're not on the list. They're an honorable mention, but they're not on the list. <laughs> Who is your number three team? Number three is an is the only team left in the league that is undefeated. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I, I, you know, it, it would have been very easy when we decided to do our power rankings to put the Steelers at number one, simply because they're the only undefeated team. But again, 
in terms of strength of schedule, the Steelers, again, you can't, you can't really, you're, you're not, um, it's not your fault what your schedule is. You have to play who you have to play. That's what we argued for the Bills last year when they had a really good record against a team, against an easy schedule. But the Steelers have had not that great of opponents, but they've struggled in a lot of the games to win the games. Uh, they've been battles each time. Like if I look at Pittsburgh's schedule, I'm going to pull it up real quick here. Uh, they were battling with the New York Giants for three quarters. Took three quarters to finally pull away from the New York Giants. That's pretty. That's pretty telling. Um, <laughs> they uh, they struggled against the Broncos. They struggled against Houston for a little while. Uh, they were beating Philadelphia pretty convincingly, and Philadelphia, you know, started to fight back because um, that's what Philadelphia does. They just never give up. Hate them. Uh, they blew out Cleveland, who we just talked about. You know, honorable mention. They have a good record, five and two wins. Um, and then they just beat. Uh, the other undefeated team at the time, the Tennessee Titans. Um, so they're undefeated and that's why they're ranked so high and they have uh, the best defense in the league right now. Um, so my pros for Pittsburgh, number one defense, they've won all the close games that they've had. Um, it's just their strength of schedule is why I don't have them num- is why they're not number one right now for me, even though they're undefeated. Okay. That's fair enough. I mean, the Steelers are definitely one of the best teams in the league. So at number three, it's definitely an understandable place to put them. Um, So this is probably where you and I differ the most between our two lists. I have the Seattle Seahawks at number three. Okay. Now I understand that their defense has struggled mightily this year. Um, Obviously Russell, they've basically just been relying on Russell Wilson and the offense to carry the load, like you said, but I just think, Last week was kind of an anomaly for Russell Wilson. I don't think he's going to throw three picks. I don't, I don't think he's going to just kind of give the game away like that. Um, I think that the, Se- these, the Seahawks have the best quarterback in the league right now. Uh, they have the best quarterback that will be able to bring them back at the end of the fourth quarter, have, have to get a touchdown, have to get a score. I think they have the best possible quarterback for those scenarios, which in the NFL, most games against between – two of these elite teams is going to be that close. It's going to come down to one final drive. And if there's one person to choose that that's Russell Wilson for me. Um, they have such an, uh, such a great uh, receiving core with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, and even David Moore has played well in spurts. Um, their, their running game has been, it's been good. I mean, Chris Carson has been awesome as long as he stays healthy, uh, that they, they have a decent running game. So th- even though they are only carried by their offense, I see the Seahawks as the best team in the NFC. And one of those teams where if they played the Ravens and the Seahawks put up points quick, which they definitely can against any team, the Ravens might struggle. And that's why I put the Seahawks at three. Well, my thing against Seattle is that you you said that uh, right now, if you could pick one quarterback to have in a game-winning drive situation, you'd pick Russell Wilson. Based on this week, I would say no, because he had a chance in regulation to go and close the deal and closed the door for Seattle and he, and they didn't, they had to punt the ball. And then in overtime, he got the ball first and he threw an interception. So, I mean, I, I, I still would say, I mean, right now I think this season, Russell Wilson's having the best individual year and he should be MVP right now. But if I were to pick one quarterback to win, go and win the drive, I still would pick Patrick Mahomes before I would pick Russell Wilson. I still would probably pick Tom Brady before I would pick Russell Wilson. Um, so, but he's, he's definitely in the conversation, no doubt. Um, in terms of uh, if they were to go up against Baltimore and get a lead, I feel like Seattle's defense is so bad that it, they're a team that Baltimore would have a chance to come back against. Um, probably would be harder for 
um, Baltimore to make that kind of a comeback against a team like uh, Tampa Bay or even Tennessee. I think Tennessee's defense, is, even though they've had their their problems, they're still a stronger defense than Seattle's. Um, so I, I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's not like it's out of the ordinary to have Seattle top of your list because they really are ranked high across many people's lists right now. And they've, because right. they've looked good. But to me, it's just, I, I don't know. I, 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 like you said earlier about Tennessee, or no, you said about Tampa, you need to see a little bit more. I need to see a little bit more from uh, Seattle because, I mean, let me ask you this, okay? Are the Falcons good? No. Are the Vikings good? No. Are the Patriots good right now? They were when they were playing them. <laughs> Are they good right now? <laughs> Not now, but yeah, when they were playing them, sure. Are the Cowboys good? No. Is Miami good? Yes. That's They're average. Yeah. They're average. Yeah. Um, is uh, and so so those that's really it because the rest of them obviously Arizona's good and that's the only other game that they've had so far. So right. really, the, the strength of schedule wise, Seattle has not had a strong like they haven't had that strong of opponents yet. I mean, they've lost a close game to Arizona. We'll see how they do this week against the Seattle Seahawks. They are the Seattle Seahawks. It's the San Francisco 49ers. Um, they, then they play Buffalo, who's t- somebody who has to still figure out their own identity, although I do think Seattle's better than them. They'll win that game. Um, the Rams, the Cardinals, I mean, they have a tough division. If, if, the, if the Seahawks can win all these games against these tougher opponents, then, yes, they would be higher on my list as well. But I need to see a little bit more before I'm convinced. That's fair. That's fair. Right but – Oh, they're not the Seattle team from 2013. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're, they're the number, they were, you know, going into last week and they still are they're the number one team in the NFC. But they're not like, so the Seahawks are not to me. They were a team that you and I, I remember we talked about this at the time. We hated the fact that Seattle got home field advantage because we knew that they couldn't lose. If they had home field advantage at, at back then, they couldn't lose. Now I don't feel that way about them. I don't feel like they're a team that if they get home field advantage that Green Bay couldn't go there and win or Arizona couldn't go there and win or, ten, or Tampa Bay couldn't go there and win. They are chips in the armor so yeah that's my that, argument against the seahawks that, that's a fair argument i don't know i i just believe in russell wilson that much that i think just the the recency bias of the coming off this one game just from what i've seen throughout his career and even this season being able to just drive them to game-winning drives constantly that's why i believe in the man yeah um, that's why i put them at number three okay fair enough uh my number two team is the baltimore ravens i have them a little like higher than you because they do have the number uh, one rushing offense in the NFL. They're in the top 10 in defense. Like I said earlier, they're the number one special teams uh, team in the league. Uh, and uh, they don't turnover ratio. They're number three. Uh, again, they haven't had the strongest schedule, but they've beaten who they've needed to beat. Um, and I feel like against Kansas City, they did not look that great. Um, but Kansas City's ranked higher than them on my list. You know, So I, I, I think that the Ravens – um, are going to be a team that's going to, you know, when they get some tougher opponents, they will win those games. For instance, it, you know, I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh this week, but it's a tough matchup, but we'll see. I mean, obviously Pittsburgh beats them down. Then I, I'm obviously wrong about my perception of the Ravens. Um, but I feel like the, the difference between the Ravens versus a team like Seattle to me, like when talking, I could probably sound hypocritical here when I'm talking about strength of schedule, like the Ravens don't have that strong of schedule, but they're good. <laughs> Seattle hasn't had as strong, so I rank them lower. <laughs> but overall, I feel like Seattle's number one offensively, but they don't have it on defense. Baltimore has it on defense and offense. So they're more of a complete team, and that's why I put them higher on my list. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, though, that that's the, the thing. You have to just throw away the schedule when the team has an easy schedule and just look at what they have. I mean, that, yeah. that's the uh, that's the main thing that you look at. And I think that's why I have the Steelers at number two. Okay. Um, I just think they are probably the most complete team in the NFL, uh, from what I'd say. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has been playing great. I mean, age has definitely not hit him as hard as some of the other uh, older quarterbacks in the league. Um, and then obviously their receiving core is great. They have Deontay Johnson, they have Chase Claypool, they have Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, right. Their running back tandem is great with uh, James Conner and Snell. Um, they, they have a very stacked offense. And then their defense coming into the season and what has shown throughout the year is one of the best in the league, if not the best. So yeah. just in terms of overall complete teams, the Steelers are that. And that's why I have them at number two. Yeah, and that's why they made it in the top three for me too. They're a complete team. That, and they've looked really good. They've they've had a lot of close games this year, and they have not played. Uh, you know, they've played some not so great opponents, and they played in tough games against those opponents. But at the end of the day, they did win those games. Um, and uh, we'll see. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting game between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be a very physical game, and I feel like it's going to be a back and forth close game. I don't think we're going to see a shocker where one team blows the other one out. I think it's going to be a very tough battle, and I wish that they would move it to Sunday night as opposed to watching Dallas and Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, your favorite game of the year. Play for Dallas, I don't think. I think he's in concussion protocol. So it's Dallas's third string against a very bad Philadelphia team. That's yeah. just a little bit better than the New York Giants. Crap, what the hell is the, uh, the, <laughs> the Dallas starting quarterback's name? I totally forgot. I was really just looking at – Who knows? It might be Jerry Jones suiting up and going out there. Who, you know <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, that that would uh, be a good look for the the Cowboys. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of Eagles players that would love to sack Jerry Jones if they had the chance. <laughs> Danucci, that's the guy who's starting for them. Danucci is their qu- starting quarterback Ooh. against <laughs> against the Eagles. I, I wonder if Tony night. Romo got a call from. Uh, you know, he just signed his big contract with CBS. Maybe Jerry Jones is like, you want to come back? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. He would definitely fare better than this Danucci guy, most likely Ben Danucci. So uh, that is going to be a barn burner. And uh, Mike, who is your best team in the NFL, the number one team that you think will win the Super Bowl? It's either you're insane or we both have the same number one team, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. No, I actually don't. I, the, the Chiefs didn't make my top ten. What? No, I mean, it's serious, yeah. You're I serious? think they're overrated. Oh, my God. Okay, all right, well. I have the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, because their one loss this year is to a division rival. Um, you know, and, and division games are, are tough. Uh, no matter how good the records are, they're, they're tough. And they, they almost came back and won that game. They just ran out of time. Um, but the Kansas City Chiefs, to me, are a team that controlled the game against the Bills. Uh, they beat up on the Ravens, who are a very good and complete team. Um, you know, they beat the Ravens 34 to 20 pretty convincingly. They won a very close game against the Chargers. It was a battle, but they won. And we were just talking earlier, the Chargers are a lot better than what their record shows. Um, they beat up on the Houston Texans at, like they should have. Um, and uh, they played a Patriots team that was playing well at the time going into that game. And they beat them, uh, you know, it was a little bit closer than it probably should have been, but they still won. Um, so, yeah, and then they beat the crap in the, in the worst weather game this season in Denver against the Broncos. Uh, and they're going to, you know, they have a minus 19 and a half spread against the Jets that they'll probably cover. So, yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are, with all due respect, you got to put them at number one, in my opinion. 
you have, they've got the best quarterback in the game. Come on. <laughs> you don't have Kansas City number one. You want to know why I don't have Kansas City you make one. your top ten? I can't believe that. You, you want to know why I didn't put them in number one? Because I think they're absolutely overrated. And do you know who I think the number one team in the NFL is? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the team led by Big Dick Nick himself, the Chicago Bears. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes, I have the Chiefs at number one. What the? It, it, the fact that you believed me and the fact that anybody listening to this would have believed me is ridiculous. Why the hell would I not have the Kansas City Chiefs at number one? If I did you, know, you, know, you should I'm, just stop I'm listening myself, to this podcast list, now. I'm looking at my notes here. I'm like, who could he have possibly put at number one? He, he's, he's already said Pittsburgh. He's already said Baltimore. He's already said Tampa. <laughs> Who? Who could he possibly put up there? <laughs> I, I literally can't believe you believe that. <laughs> hey, you, 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 hey, that was pretty convincing. Like, you're lying when you go, no, I'm serious. They're overrated. I'm like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no, I mean, when an offense has Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and all of the stack receivers that they have, you, you can't – and their defense has been playing really well this year too. So in terms of complete teams, they might not be as complete as the Steelers. But just the, fa- the fact that their offense is just that good puts them over the Steelers in my book. Um, I, if it ends up being a shootout, they're going to win the game. Uh, if they end up getting a lead, they can just run the ball because they have a great running game with CEH and now Le'Veon Bell, and they can just milk the clock. Yeah. Even when you get up big, that means you scored quick, and that means you are giving the ball to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs and giving them time of possession. So it, yeah. it's, it, it's just not like – the Chiefs are definitely the best team in the league, and there's there's no doubt about it. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> so you're not insane like I, like I thought you were. Okay. Well. <laughs> well uh, anyways, like he's making me look stupid on my own podcast. What the hell? <laughs> so some honorable mentions that did not make my list. I had um, the Indianapolis Colts at number 11. Um, oh, reason okay. being is they are number two for defense, um, and they're number three in special teams. Uh, and they're in the top 10 for turnover ratio. So I thought the Indianapolis Colts, to me, have proven a little bit more than the Buffalo Bills. Damn. Uh, huh? Damn. You're putting the Colts over the Bills. That is, that is nuts. Uh, and then I have the New Orleans Saints at number 12 and then the Bills at number 13. And then the Chicago Bears and the Cleveland Browns can duke it out for 14 and 15. But those, the, those five teams are the teams that were considered but did not crack the top 10 for me. Buffalo, uh, Indianapolis, uh, New Orleans, uh, Buffalo, Chicago, Cleveland. All right, yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, generally expected. Like I said, the Rams are probably the biggest snub from the top 10 for me. And if I even took just a little bit more thought, I might have switched out some of these teams. But uh, the, So those are our top 10 rankings for the NFL uh, as of right now. Obviously, like we said, there are a, there's still a lot to figure out with a lot of uh, teams in our top 10. So this could easily change in two weeks, and it could be five completely new teams are in the top 10, and five are pulled out. So uh, that's how volatile the NFL is, and uh, – that concludes our first NFL power ranking of uh, the COVID season. Um, so we will quickly go through our picks for the week and finally let you guys go. Cause I'm sure you guys are going to be sad to see that this podcast is going to be a little bit longer than the ones we've had in the weeks past. Yep. Yeah. A little bit, but it, it was well worth your time. I hope uh, <laughs> for those of you listening and um, I will say, so going into last week, Drew and I had an even record in points and record. We both had 20 points and a record of 14 and seven. Uh, I got seven points last week. He got six because I called two upsets correctly. And um, 
Well, well, one, yeah, no, two upsets because the Steelers were a plus one, so technically that was an upset. So, um, I went five and two. He went five and two, but I got seven points, and you got six. Uh, I think it's safe to say we're both taking Tampa Bay over the Giants, and we are both taking Buffalo um, over uh, the Pats. Correct. Correct. Okay. So let's get into it, Drew. I'll let you go first. Who is your lock this week? Since we don't have a Jags team to pick, uh, Kansas City over the Jets over the New York Football Jets. All right, a minus nineteen and a half spread. I think they'll <laughs> cover it. Uh, for those of you that like to gamble, um, I kind of it started out as a twenty-one point spread and it's moved. <laughs> yeah. Um, my lock this week. Uh, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers over the Vikings. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the Packers have had their number over the past few years, I will say. All right. So that leaves upset pick next, correct? Yes. Go ahead. Um, I will take the Detroit Lions to upset the Indianapolis Colts. All right. The Detroit Lions are Drew's upset pick. Hey, they came through for me last week. Why couldn't they come through for you? Yeah. Um, I think – for my upset of the week, I'm going to pick the San Francisco 49ers to upset the Seattle Seahawks. When I saw that, I assumed you were going to go with that one just to prove me wrong about my hype about Seattle. I almost went with Chicago over the Saints, but I was like, nah, <laughs> this one will be more fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll be rooting hard for the Seahawks in that one then. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh... Wildcard pick. Uh, I think you went first last week for wildcard pick for me, so I'll go first this time for you. Drew, I'm going to do it to you. Who wins between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens? The Steelers. Pittsburgh. Steelers. Yes. I think they go to 7-0. and It's a right. crazy start to a season. All right. So he's going with Pittsburgh. Who's your wildcard game for me? I will go with your favorite matchup of the week, the matchup you are most excited about, the NFC Leasts, Dallas Cowboys, and Ben DiNucci versus Carson Wentz, Travis Fulgham, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Listen here, the Eagles, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, but you're going to win this week against the third-string quarterback in Dallas. Uh, the Eagles will win this week and uh, get a stranglehold on first place in the NFC Least. Um, although I, I will say this, I think that the biggest threat in the NFC Least right now is not the Eagles to win the division. I think the Washington football team might be the most complete team of, of, the, of the teams that are there. They honestly um, just need a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, really, they have the best defense by far. Yeah. Um, their biggest blemish is they lost to the Giants. But, hey, you know, that's, that happens. Tom Brady knows all too well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, which game do you want to do against the spread? Against the spread? Let's do a game that, like, nobody cares about. <laughs> Let's do Las Vegas versus Cleveland. That's what I was thinking. Um, who do you uh, So Cleveland for? is a minus two-and-a-half favorite. Vegas, obviously, plus two-and-a-half underdog. I am going to go with – the Las Vegas Raiders. All right. All right. That was the juicier pick, I think, in that matchup. But I'm yeah. going to go – I, I got to – you know, I'm a, I'm a Longhorns fan, so I don't like rooting for Baker Mayfield. But it's better when Odell Beckham isn't there, and Odell Beckham won't be there for the rest of the season. So, um, all right. So, Drew, you are taking the Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders. The Raiders plus two and a half. And I'm taking the Browns. Mike is going to be a proud partner and a proud part 
of the dog pound. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. As long as they cover, it doesn't matter if they win. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Cleveland's favored by two and a half points. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they have to win. Fuck. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not still in tune with sports gambling. Okay. On that note, I'm sure you guys are sick of football talk. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this uh, episode of the podcast. We really wanted to uh, give our thoughts on how the NFL season has been going with our power rankings. Mike, is there any final thoughts you want to give? Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers um, for winning the World Series. They've been there three of the last four years, and they lost to the Houston Astros. Unfortunately, they lost to the Boston Red Sox in 2018. But this time, uh, they got arguably one of the best players in baseball from the Boston Red Sox, Mookie Betts, and uh, he made – a couple plays towards the end of that game where they were able to go over the top and beat the Tampa Bay Rays. So congratulations to them and uh, enjoy uh, this week in the NFL season. As we're recording this, the Thursday night game is already underway. The Panthers are beating the Falcons as expected. So um, anything else from you, Drew? Uh, One final thought. Congratulations to Khabib Nurmagomedov for defeating Justin Gaethje and retaining his UFC lightweight title and then retiring afterwards. Uh, Such an amazing career. People are arguing between John Jones and him as the GOAT. Um, It's a very close race. I think they're both amazing athletes and two of the best athletes to ever grace the sports world. So congratulations to Khabib. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another damn sports podcast. You guys have been awesome. Uh, All of our regular listeners, you guys are the best. Thank you so much and enjoy week eight of the NFL season.